guys, Princess here. New episode of Buy Pumpkin. Yay! Listen, it's been a long day. I recorded another um, episode earlier today. It was a bonus episode that was sponsored. It's about fostering while black, um, the Hart family tragedy, and like um, just my thoughts on transracial and um, international adoptions. I also had like a long day at home. I've been doing a lot of cleaning. My toddlers are out of control. They're dismantling every toddler lock in the house. Um, and I'm just at the point where I'm like, fuck it. Drink bleach if you want to. I tried. Live your life. <laughs> I'm not serious. But I'm almost there. Um, one of my kids' glasses broke. She needs those glasses really, really badly. Um, we had a bio family video call visit. It's really hard because we're having all these video call visits and toddlers don't want to go on a video call. I don't know why you would schedule a call for an hour with a three and four year old. That's ridiculous. And also the, I mean, they just have so many, like they have to go to therapy by that. Their CASA worker has been calling them every week and then they have their mom visit. And like, when I tell them there's a visit coming, they're just like, oh again i mean i feel like they're like everybody else with zoom like not everything has to be a fucking video call but like during the video call i heard the mom like basically yelling at the caseworker about how um she the the seven-year-old doesn't need glasses (laughs) that's been her contention this whole time that she never needed glasses and she's been in care since she was five and when she like when you come into care you have to go to all these visits like um like doctor's visits and um dental and like there's all these things that have to happen within like a certain time frame and when she came in the care and they took her to their visits they were like oh she can't fucking see <laughs> and she started wearing glasses since then and but her mom's her mom's theory has always been that cps is lying and that the glasses are like fake news <laughs> and this girl wears thick glasses okay she cannot fucking see um like her mom's always like oh she's so clumsy and I'm like yeah she's clumsy but it's also because she can't fucking see (laughs) um so I have to listen to that like she's screaming about that like the little girls don't need those glasses I'm like yes they do yes they do I mean like I personally think it has something to do with the way the glasses look because it does make her look older like a little old lady and I think that bothers her mom, but like, let's talk, if you want a different style of glasses, let's talk about that. Medicaid pays for two glasses, pairs of glasses a year. And there are some options, uh, even though the girl picks them out. Like if you are unhappy with the way these glasses look, I mean, I almost was wanted to like, cause I don't go to the, vi- the video visits. I, I try to make them do that in a room by themselves. I almost wanted to like open the door and be like, oh, okay, what's your eye doctor say about it? And just so she could admit she's never taken her to an eye doctor ever in her life. <laughs> but whatever, we'll work it out. I'm not going to be petty. I can be petty. I have a petty streak in me, but I make it a rule that, especially when it comes to these kids that I try to stop and remind myself that everything should be in service of the child. And if I don't want to do something or if I want to do something, and I always check myself and go, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to deny someone this? What What's going on? And if it's my ego or because these people annoy me, then I'm like, okay, well, 
that's not a good enough reason. Move forward. So I just had a long day. Just stuff. Oh, last night. Okay, so I'm sleep training. Um, sleep training three-year-olds is not fun, regardless of what I said on Twitter. It's not. And it's really hard when they've just been allowed to sleep however they felt like it. And here I need them to go to sleep on time. And I need them to stay in bed. So last night, a top, one of the three-year-olds was up at like 1 a.m. And I was directing him back to bed and making him stay in bed. And my husband was leaving for work. And I'm never up when he leaves for work. Like, I may stir in my sleep and turn over or whatever, but I'm never up. And as he's, the, the little boy's room is very close to the door. So I'm standing in the door in the little boy's room. And I look, and my husband's leaving for work. And he's like, bye. And he has a backpack full of steaks. And then in his hand, he has a large Ziploc bag full of bottles of seasoning, like Worcester sauce and hot sauce and pipe it up, which I don't know what seasoning that is. My husband just calls it pipe it up. And I was just too tired. Like everyone I tell is about the fact that my husband left here for a midnight, uh, an overnight, um, barbecue is like well did you ask what he was doing I was like nope didn't not in the least because I'm tired my husband is a mystery wrapped in an enigma wrapped in another fucking mystery and this is not something we're gonna figure out in the middle of the night so I just was like you know what him and his bag of steaks can go (laughs) here I didn't find out till this morning that um he, what he did was he took a bunch of steaks to work to grill. He, my husband works at a dairy. He's an essential worker. Um, I know I say that a lot, but it's, I don't know what people have listened to before. I don't know how many episodes someone's listened to. So I don't, I mean, I don't expect you guys to remember my whole fucking life story. So my husband works at a dairy. He's an essential worker and he works in the middle of the night. And so he brought a bunch of steaks to grill for his crew um, that night for lunch, uh, I guess. And then someone brought like a cake and someone else brought some sides. It was a potluck. Now, see, I hate a potluck, okay? I can't stand a potluck, but my husband loves a potluck. Several times a year, he makes his his crab and lobster pasta thing that he makes that just the smell of it makes me want to throw up. <laughs> um, ugh. Just thinking about it, I was just like, ugh. Um, he makes that. He makes this big macaroni and cheese stuff. And I'm just like... Why do you need to make so much macaroni and cheese? Just make enough for yourself and then you go eat that and then let them eat whatever they brought. And he's like, Princess, that'd be a lunch. And I was like, exactly, just do that. But he made me a steak and I had one for breakfast. So it was great. I'm rambling. Let's talk about this podcast. <laughs> so um, let's do show business while we have a chance. So as usual, I'm going to ask you guys, to support me on Patreon. And the reason I'm going to ask you to do that is because it helps keep the lights on around here. It means I can do this podcast. I can set a time, set aside time to do this podcast. If I did not have a Patreon that supported this podcast, tonight you might not have gotten a podcast episode because I am that tired. I just watched the episode a few minutes ago. It's 9.30 and I have a 9 a.m. therapy appointment for the kids. And my room is filthy. <laughs> and... And I can't sleep in a filthy room. Now, my husband's in there asleep because that shit don't bother him. 
So he's in there asleep. But before I will lay my head down, um, I was in the middle of like going through some clothes for charity and then like, um, kind of, uh, making sure that all my winter stuff is up and all my summer stuff is out. And so, and I just haven't finished it yet, but before I lay my head down, I will finish that because I will not be able to go to sleep in a filthy room. But as a hobby, which this is, if I don't feel like it, then I don't do it. But because people are supporting me on Patreon and I'm, I am like hitting my ultimate goal within days of this. I am so, I'm kissing that goal. I'm really excited about that. But because I have Patreon, I do these episodes. I don't just blow them off because it's a random hobby. It's, it's, it makes, it's, gives me the ability to do this. It means that when I'm prioritizing things, I prioritize this podcast. Being a Patreon supporter makes me keep making this podcast. And I thank every single one of you. Um, you can support me for a buck a month at patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. And for that, you get at least one bonus episode a month, usually many, many more. And in fact, I'm going to start a series where I'm going to do some John and Kate plus eight recaps where I pick out episodes I really like and I talk about them by myself and with friends. And that's going to start either next week or the week after. But that's only for Patreon supporters. So please go sign up. Help keep your girl in uh, podcast money, okay? <laughs> help keep help keep my uh, mic running <laughs> that I don't know how to use, and make and help me carve out time to make this podcast because I have people paying and waiting on it. Um, if you can't do that, make sure you leave me a five star review. I do not read reviews because they're not for me, but if you leave a review for someone someone else might find my podcast and figure out that this is the best thing ever and I'll get another listener. That's important too. There are different ways to support. You can also follow me at uh, Buy Pumpkin Podcast on Instagram. You can also follow me at Okay Then Princess on Twitter and Instagram. Those are all ways to support and I'm grateful for every single one of you who does so. By the way, I got a Patreon supporter, I think it was last week, named Yvonne Livinggood and I'm very... (laughs) I was like, is that my mom? Because my mom's name is Yvonne, but it's a, um, you know, we're a family that uses middle names and um, it's my mom's middle name. And so it's her family name is Yvonne. She would never introduce herself to someone as Yvonne. And just like I would, I, I only introduce myself as princess, but my family name is different. And you already know that name if you, if you, if you, if you can use my family name. Anyway, and lately my mom, I've always been like, she's just living so good. She's living her best life. She's doing this, she's doing that. And so I'm sure Yvonne living good is a real person. <laughs> but as soon as I said, I was like, oh, my mom found my podcast. Oh no, my mom figured out what a podcast is. <laughs> I did, girl, you made my heart skip a beat. I almost shit these pants, girl. <laughs> anyway, we're, you know, this week we are talking about the second episode of the first season of Growing Up Gotti. And it's called Mother's Day. You know, Growing Up Gotti does not have great titles. It just doesn't. Um, I like to name my podcast after the title of the show episode I'm reviewing because I can do better with organization and at least you know, you you can figure out what episode I'm talking about because the titles match. But these Growing Up Gotti episode titles are really fucking dull. Um, 
Also, I actually listened all the way through the theme song and Little Kim made that song for this show because she shouts out Victoria Gotti and she shouts out Growing, God, Growing Up Gotti in the theme song. So that is like bizarre. This is what, 2004? And I mean, like, Little Kim isn't like, her star hasn't completely fallen. I mean, what's 97, 98 is when um, Diddy was running the streets, uh, remixing everything. And she was on a lot of good things those years. Um, but it would be like Fetty Wap, like doing a theme song for like a Melissa Gorga, Real Housewives of New Jersey th- a spinoff. It's weird. It's fucking weird. Um, also, this show has an overlay over it called Gotti Gab. And I guess it's like pop-up video or something you remember pop-up video on vh1 i used to love pop-up video because it was funny and informative and you know it, it was cute so at first i was like what the fuck is this gaudy gab am i watching the right episode and then i was like oh cool 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 i you know what i would love to get a little bit more information about behind the scenes stuff and then as i watched the show i was back to disappointed because i was like dude they're not saying anything important. They're like mentioning that jacuzzi doesn't mean anything in Italian. It's just, it's a, it's a name of the family that made them. Um, explaining how fast an ATV can go. Like, <laughs> get out of here. Um, but, but I just want to let you know that if you're watching this on Amazon Prime, which you can, it's on, it's, it's included on Amazon Prime, then you will the second episode does have that shit over it and you're not watching the wrong thing. So we start off, Victoria got his home and she received roses from her ex. She said the divorce was like War of the Roses, which is an old movie about an epic contentious divorce. Um, and that it was mostly about the house and stuff. Um, I've seen a lot of, when I was reading up on the show, there was a lot of stuff that said Victoria did not know her husband, Carmine, was a part of her father's crime family when they got married and I find that hard to believe like what is that movie is it married to the mob no it's the last mafia marriage but um she she wants you to like love honor and obey the last mafia marriage she Victoria wants us to believe that she married Carmine without having an idea in her head about what he was like and what he'd done and and how he made his money and stuff. And I just, sure, you know, in in a certain world, maybe that's possible. But I don't think this, is, I, I honestly think that she knew more than she let on. Anyway, so like I said, he's in fucking prison at this time. Um, but somehow he's bought the youngest son, Frankie, an ATV. It's huge. It's a fucking car. <laughs> it's not a golf. Like, oh, I guess Victoria had originally been told that he was going to buy Frankie a golf cart, which um, when you live on a big property like that, of course, you have golf carts to get from place to place. But Frankie's been driving the golf cart on and off the property. So here's the deal. Like, um, John, the middle son, and Carmine, the oldest son, um, they're, I think they're 18 and 16 or 17, and Frankie is 14. So, like, it would make sense. Uh, Carmine's 18, John's 17, and Frankie's 14. 
and they have licenses and they have cars and Frankie really wants some wills. And so he loves driving the golf cart that makes him feel like, you know, he's the, he's the oddball out where he doesn't have anything. He's a little, he's the youngest. And if you remember that Frankie, although he's the largest, he's like the tallest, he's the youngest. It puts him in his behavior in perspective. And Victoria is like, she doesn't want this. It's dangerous. She feels like they should be worried about college funds, not ATVs, which I can agree with. And she says her ex spoils the kids and that, and that he would have bought him a tank if he could have. And so Victoria is not into this. And she's, she tells Frank he's not driving it. And this motherfucker shows up at a 10. Now, to Frankie's credit, maybe they've been filming a long time. Maybe this conversation been going a long time. But it feels like, like I keep telling people, Victoria's kids were raised on Joe Exotic's zoo. Like, just wild fucking animals in cages. And he just starts screaming and, ooh, call dad, blah, blah, blah. And... Like, I'm a yeller. I come from a long line of yellers. I'm a loud person. Whispering is not something I really know how to do. And so, and so if I'm telling you that you are too loud, it's a problem. They just scream all the time. And, you know, I was talking on the phone with a friend and I was explaining how, we were talking about how saying calm down to anybody is never a good idea because if they were calm they're gonna get pissed and if they weren't calm they have no intention of getting calm now and I just remember one time someone told me to calm down and I screamed you need to calm up because because I'm at the appropriate level you're way down here you need to get up here with me (laughs) that's my personality but I'll tell you what it climbs okay it climbs we don't start at a 10 and that grates on me, the fact that they're always screaming at the house. And that she says something like, you should have asked for this. And he's like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And he, like they're arguing over what the dad said. About, like, it goes up to 60 miles per hour. And the dad had told Victoria that he wanted to get, he wanted to like take it down a notch before he, uh, before he did all that before he was able to drive it and also he didn't want him driving on the streets and um he didn't want him driving all fast and frank is like you should just take it away why let me get it if i can't drive and uh his dad didn't say he couldn't drive it he just couldn't drive it on the street and it's like a cop's gonna come on your property to pull you over except he's not saying this he's screaming it and he sounds like a goddamn gorilla he sounds like a gorilla just screaming. Like, he sounds like a gorilla that they were teaching sign language and they were like, no. And the gorilla was like, this is too fucking hard. I'm going to try to talk. And then he was like, oh shit, I should have done sign language. That's what he sounds like. He's like, he is, they are wild fucking animals. It is so hard for me to watch. And then later when she gets in this argument with Carmine, it's really hard for me to watch. But there's a reason Frank, Frankie, Carmine, and John all act like this. And it is because Victoria's a pushover. She talks a lot of junk. She talks about how you better not see him here. She better not see him there. You better not do this. Or at first it's you can't keep it, blah, blah, blah. And then finally she goes down and she's like, he can keep it. Um, he's talking to his cousin who's, who they have like John Jr. It says John Jr. And I mean, it says John John, but I'm assuming that 
it's John Jr.'s kid, uh, her brother, the one who like took over the reins from John Gotti. And she mentions that her brother Frankie died in a car accident. It was very traumatic for her. And I talked about this last week. Um, I can imagine that it would be. I can. So that's why you don't give it to him. <laughs> just don't give it to him. Like, seriously, I just would like, whoever delivered it, I'd be like, we're not taking delivery. Take it back. That's it. And then I just wouldn't even talk about it anymore. I think, I think all this back and forth. Well, let me, let me take a step back. I do think that it's really important to talk to children, right? To have a dialogue with them. My husband hates that. He, he's always like, he's always like, they're acting like the parent. You're acting like the child. I'm not. I'm allowing people to explain to me what happened. Like, you just tell me what it is. Tell me how you're feeling. Explain to me, like, you know, they said that you hit so-and-so, what happened? And I let them tell me, and I ask questions, and I, or, like, if they're in trouble, I ask questions, I let them tell me the story. And I just, it's really hard for me, but I force myself to shut up and listen. And I listen, and then I tell them what my concern is. My concern is you aren't where you said you were going to be. Or my concern is that someone's going to get hurt because you guys are, are physically as my mom would say, passing licks, <laughs> you're, you're hitting each other. My concern is that I don't want you to jump off the top bunk because what if you got hurt and I would have to take you to the hospital and you know right now, like going to the hospital is like a big deal. I tell them what my concern is. I listen to what their concerns are, how they're feeling. And then I say, so how do we fix this? What are we going from now? And you normally, I try to let them like they usually have really good ideas on how to fix things. They'll say, maybe we shouldn't play with this toy anymore. Maybe like my sunset told me last week, he's like, maybe we should put a lock on the fence and that'll keep dogs from wandering in. And also then I don't have to make a decision about whether to listen to you stay in the backyard. I just have to like, those are good ideas. And even if they don't have good ideas, I try them out. Even if I'm like, that's just not going to work. No, we, you're going to get into a fight. I go, okay, let's try it for a day. And, and if this works, we do it this way. And if it doesn't work, we do it my way. And nine times out of 10, I get a lot of buy-in from them. I get a lot. And also they're more willing to tell me things because I force myself to listen, even though I'm like, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, this is bullshit. <laughs> and I just feel like there's a lot of screaming going on at Victoria's house. And she's also a real pushover. Because, like I said, she gives she gives in and gives. And she tells him all the things she doesn't want him to do. And he's like, fine. And then he's zooming off. Um, so we start talking about the house. and Which is, like I said, an eyesore and a fucking teardown. It's the Playboy Mansion, guys. The Playboy Mansion, what people don't realize, even in the early 90s. Was it early 90s? Excuse me. That's a lie. Even in like 2007, 2006, when in those years where Girls Next Door was a big deal, the Playboy Mansion is an old, shitty house. It's really old. And it's like going to your grandpa's house, except there's more fluids everywhere. There's like semen everywhere. Like I wouldn't touch anything at the Playboy Mansion. Like the wallpaper's old and falling. Like it's gross. It's fucking gross. I bet you there's a toilet somewhere in there that doesn't work that you can't use. Like it's just a nasty old house and that, and their house is a nasty old house too. But yet they're so bent on selling it. And what they're, like I said, what they're not saying is that she can't afford this house. She can't. Um, so she brings in a guy named Luigi 
who is a random Italian man. She doesn't say how she knows him. He's some sort of handyman or something. He has a, a thick accent. He drinks espresso on camera. Um, she says he's more Italian than she is. He seems like he's from Italy. So yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be more Italian than you are, Victoria? Weren't you born in like Long Island? <laughs> I know both your parents are Italian, but he seems like he came from Italy. <laughs> so... I don't know. It's stupid. Um, so he comes in. I I don't know where she knows this dude from. He has very curly um, poodle hair, big glasses. He's wearing like dockers and a polo. And he just shows up and it's Louis. It's me, Luigi. <laughs> she sends John out to show him where the controls and shit are. And she's basically like, the pool has to get fixed. And so she's in John. She's like, you gotta look at the plumbing. Tell me how much it's gonna cost to get this running. And John's eyes are rolling all over the place as usual. Um, I don't know if this time it's because he's high. I think it's more because he asked the guy, do you have experience with pools or whatever? And he's just like giving him some gobbledygook answer. And I think even John is like, this isn't gonna work. Notice how John is also, doesn't, isn't wearing his shirt. He's got, this is such a teenage boy thing to do. He's got a wife beater on. I'm sorry, I'm supposed to call it a muscle shirt, but I grew up calling it a wife beater. And I think we call it a wife beater because wasn't that what Stanley was wearing in A Streetcar Named Desire when he was beating up on his wife and trying to rape his sister-in-law? I don't know, but that's why I thought it was called a wife beater. And so, so he's wearing a wife beater, but he's also got like a shirt over it. But he's taken his arms out of his shirt and just left his neck in the his head in the neck hole so that it hangs around his shoulders that is such a teenage boy thing to do and I think it's a lot about peacocking about like look at my body look at this look at that I'm not sure but he's doing that and he's walking around showing Luigi he's talking to Luigi like like he's actually gonna pay Luigi <laughs> I don't even think Victoria's actually gonna pay Luigi so Luigi comes out there, everything's filthy, there's fucking cans in the pool, it's disgusting, and he's like, what the fuck? And John says they were using the pool last summer, and that's when I decide that John actually is high, because there's no way you were using that swamp hole last summer. There's no way. It's disgusting. And maybe, you know what, I don't own a pool. I don't own a fucking pool. So maybe I don't know how pools go. I do know pools cost money to to maintain that maintaining them is a bitch yourself and that you usually have to hire somebody else to do it if you're not going to be someone who's going to be out there picking leaves out that bitch and cleaning it i also know that uh pools don't it depends where you are and whether they add to your to your real estate value because everybody knows pools are pains in the asses they are they're attractive nuisances in, in insurance terms that you have to um, make sure people can't get in. There's a cover. You, there's child safety stuff. Like it's, I'm glad I don't have a pool is what I'm trying to say. And I don't know shit about having a pool except for that they're annoying. Um, <laughs> and then you can't just open a pool whenever you want to. People also think that like, oh, we have a pool so you can open a pool whenever you want to. Not really. Like what's the point of opening a pool and keeping the upkeep, upkeep going if you're not going to be in it every weekend? So like you might have a, like here in Austin, it's, Jesus, to me, it's warm till about October, to me. But 
I'm, I'm from the Northeast. <laughs> so I'm sure people, sometimes in, in October, I'll see people in the street with like knee high boots and a sweater. I'm like, where the fuck are you going? It's like 85. <laughs> I mean, I, to them it's, it's fall, but, um, to me, like you could wear, you could like use a pool until late until mid October here. And you might get a warm day in November, December, and January, but like just because you own a pool and it's a warm day doesn't mean you open the pool. You have to like there are seasons to this shit. I just spent five minutes talking about how I don't know anything about pools and then talking about all this shit that I think I know about pools. Like I'm just saying pools are a pain in the ass. And fully admitting I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. That pool Looks like it's going to take a while. It's got a bunch of trash in it and dirt and not dirt and, and leaves and debris. So you got to clean that. You got to first, you got to clean all that out. Then you got to get the pipes working. I'm sure it costs a shitload to fill up a pool like that. You got to make sure it's clean, all that shit. So basically, um, he's thinking it's going to be like $13,000. And he's saying that they can get a discount if John's willing to help him. And John's like, I'm not going down there with my new sneakers. <laughs> And suddenly Carmine shows up. Carmine is wearing a backwards hat, has a baseball glove, and is like socking the ball into the glove like he's trying out for Sandlot 4 or some shit. And I was like, where'd you come from, Carmine? And this is what I noticed. Like, these, they have these beards. And when I say beards, they have these edge-ups. These thin line edge-ups were like a beard line. My husband calls it the Puerto Rican. And the reason he calls it the Puerto Rican is because my husband can't grow a beard, by the way. He, he can only grow some hair, but not a full beard. And when he gets that edge up, people always ask him if he's Puerto Rican. You know, he's racially amb- ambiguous. And that particular lineup, he gets a lot of, are you, ain't you Puerto Rican? <laughs> but on the boys, it looks drawn on. You know what it really reminds me of? It reminds me of like John B. You guys remember John B? John B could get it. <laughs> he was like a baby face protege, like a white baby face protege. And he, and we just all loved him because he like really loved black women. Black women love it when you love us. He loved, we love black women. He sang like a black man. Like he just, he just, we really loved that dude. And he used to have that little thin line edge up. <laughs> anyway. On the Gotti Boys, it looks like somebody drew it on. For Halloween, for many years, I would go either as my mother or my father. And what that meant is I would wear one of my mom's dress work shirts. And my mom loves a fucking hat, just so you know. She loves a bowler. <laughs> she loves a newsboy cap. <laughs> just giving you layers to Yvonne. And so... So, um, she, so I get one of her hats. <laughs> her special work hats so she's she's like she wears a jaunty little <laughs> like whatever one of her work dress shirts my mom worked all my life and um she put a little makeup on me and I go out and, I, and people ask me who I am I'd be like my mom <laughs> and if I wasn't my mom I was my dad and I would put on a and I actually look a lot like my father so it was easy to go as him, but, um, <laughs> I, put, I put on a camouflage, a camo jacket, like one of my, de- one of my stepdad's uniforms, like his top part of his uniform. And I put on a camo, like, um, hat 
and not like a not like a not like a baseball hat, but like a literal camo hat. It's almost like a pill. You know what I'm talking about? It's part of the uniform. I just I basically just wearing top half of one of my dad's um, camo uniforms, and then my mom would draw on a beard on me with eyeliner. And that's what it looks like the Gotti Boys are doing. It looks like somebody puts on a little beard on them with eyeliner every day. And that's why John doesn't want to go in a pool because John is like, Mm-mm, nope, <laughs> my beard will be washed off. <laughs> so we get back to Frankie, who is driving 60 miles per hour all over the property and down the street. And like they're just, they just show him like he's all over the fucking lawn. He's on the pathways. He's down the street. He's got other kids in there with him. And like I said, Victoria's threatened him not to do any of this. And Frankie just does whatever the fuck he wants, which we knew he was going to do. And at that point, I'm like, okay, Victoria, that's your fault. <laughs> like, that's all you, bruh. Because you can't give a 14-year-old, a large 14-year-old, but a 14-year-old nonetheless, a... ATV like that to go 60 miles an hour and as her assistant kept saying that's like a that's not a golf cart that's like something people go hunting in that's something people like use to go to the swamps and shit <laughs> like um but the fact that you gave that to him and then told him don't do all the cool things that this thing does is a problem so I feel like that's on you you knew he was gonna do it I feel it's like having a dog that you know, loves people food. And I mean, it's just actually a dog, you know, they love food and you go out and you make a plate of pork chops and you put it on, on a table, on the coffee table. And then you go, don't eat any of these pork chops. I'm going to be very upset. I told you not to eat it. And then you leave the fucking room. Well, what's going to happen? They eat it. <laughs> and it's your fault, not theirs. So Victoria actually catches him on the street. Like she said, if she catches him on the street, she's going to take it away. And she doesn't take it away. She says the next time she will. Again, she is a fucking pushover. And then she says, I bet there are a couple of kids in Harlem that would love that thing. And that's a very old school Long Island racist thing to say, by the way. White people on Long Island love referencing Harlem when what they mean is black, gangsta, poor, dangerous. And Harlem, Harlem is gentrified the fuck up, baby. That's not <laughs> Anyway, ugh couple other things you could say now so when Luigi gets back one of the calls Victoria's very unhappy she sent John with him and John was like so she again her fault she did not tell Luigi exactly what she wanted she vaguely said get the pool up and running then she sent John with him and John's telling him get the pool cover working make the jacuzzi work blah 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 and she's like I don't need all that and she's stressed out and she's trying to like be more clear about what it is and she gets a chocolate bar out of the freezer and says when she gets nervous, she needs chocolate. And she's saying, she said she's eating so much she's gaining weight. And Luigi says, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to do the fucking accent. He literally sounds like, mm. he sounds. <laughs> you guys ever watch Wings? <laughs> I know that's an incredibly weird thing for me to say, but I used to fucking love Wings. Not when it was on. I mean, like in syndication on like USA. As we discussed before, I love the USA show. But um, Tony Shalhoub used to play a character named Antonio Scarpacci. And he was an Italian um, cab driver who lived on Nantucket. <laughs> and would drive people from the little tiny uh, airport to wherever they were going. By the way, Tony Shalhoub is, is Lebanese, by the way. Of Lebanese descent. <laughs> and 
but he's playing this very Italian man. And he would just be like, pizza, bye. <laughs> he'd be like, <coughs> he'd just be like, I got a fair, mama mia. That's, that's the fucking accent he would use. And that's what Luigi sounds like. Now, am I making fun of Luigi's accent? Yes and no. I'm making fun of Luigi has a very stereotypical accent. And I don't know if he's playing it up, but he literally sounds like people <laughs> pretending to be Italian. He, he sounds like when people badly pretend to be Italian. So anyway, he's like, yeah, a little bit. I'm not doing the accent. He says, yeah, a little bit. Which stops her in the tracks. And she's like, excuse me? And then he says he can tell that she's gaining weight by looking at her because he's used to working with cement and he's used to eyeballing it. <laughs> and then he says she doesn't think she's fat and that's what he's trying to imply. And she says, you don't think I'm fat? Am I fat or am I not fat? And he says, well, if you think you're fat, okay. But I don't think you're fat. You know, whatever. It's what you think. And... This is one of those scenes that's like, Victoria is doing, I, Victoria's doing a very good job of playing up this moment. This is definitely a producer driven type thing. Um, I don't want to say it's fake, but it's fake. And Victoria's doing a good job of looking annoyed with him and also being like, you're saying this, you're saying that. And he's doing a very good job of being like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if you're fat, if you say you're fat, but I look at cement all day and I can see you gain some weight. And it was funny to me. I enjoyed it. I don't, it doesn't have to be real for me to enjoy it, guys. <laughs> so Carmine's prom is at night. Carmine's prom is at night and he's all greased up and ready to go. But he broke up with his girlfriend, so he doesn't want to go to prom. What he wants to do is to go to the after party for prom at a house in the Hamptons that, that has been rented for this party. Spend the night and come back tomorrow. And Victoria's very upset. She wanted him to go to prom the right way and then she would have been fine with him going to the after party and spending the night. But going to prom and like having an after party is different than a two-day party, in her opinion. I don't see the difference, to be honest. If you were going to let him stay out to go to the after party, I don't know why he can't stay out now. He is 18. And I'm not saying that when my kids are 18, I'm going to be like, oh, just go wherever you want to, and I'll see you when you get back. Um, if they have to, you know, if they're in high school or whatever. But I can also say, see being like... So I had a feeling why I know Victoria's mad. I think Victoria paid for prom. I think she, she's not saying this, but I think she, like prom is expensive. I, by the way, I've never been to a prom. I've been, I was, I was so like such a cheap person. I just didn't go. I just went to another party instead that night that I didn't have to dress up for with my boyfriend. I, I've never been to a prom, but I know that you gotta get, you gotta get dressed. Um, it, if he's getting, if he's doing a tux, he's renting and you have to do that in advance because all the proms in the area are around the same time. So you got to make sure you get there early. Um, a limo thing that's expensive. You need to buy flowers and stuff for the girl. You need money. The tickets are depending on like what your school district's like. Like if you go to a poorer area, the tickets are going to be cheaper, but it, they live in Westbury and they probably go to some fucking private school and I bet you the tickets were expensive. And I have a feeling that all of this has already been paid for. And now that he and his girlfriend broke up, he doesn't want to go. And she's mad about that. Now she's like, this is what she should say is that like, 
I, you owe me a lot of money because I pay for all these things and now you don't want to go. And I did, I didn't want to pay for it either, by the way, but I did so because, you know, you're a senior and I want you to have, I want you to be able to go out and do things and have, and have a good time. And, you know, that's my job as your mom to pay for that. But you've wasted my money. And so I don't really want to let you go spend a night at some fucking, at some house party for prom that you don't want to go to. I don't, I don't want to let you go. So stay your ass here. But the two of them start arguing and she calls Peter and which is, remember that's her brother. And Carmine is like, and they're like both arguing on this phone. And is it a cordless phone? I think, I don't know. It felt like a cordless phone because I felt like all these memories of fighting with my mom and holding a cordless phone and like she yanking the cordless phone back and blah, 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 blah. star 67 <laughs> and wide leg jeans. Like I felt like there was a lot, there's a lot of shit that I, I was reliving there. Um, but she's talking to Peter and the biggest fucking read this show is done is when Carmine's trying to talk to Peter again, sounding like a gorilla, just like his brother, like, that's not what a gorilla sounds like that's what the fuck he sounds like sounds like a cartoon gorilla for subtitles they write inaudible (laughs) like like, we're not even gonna try to figure out what the fuck that was (sighs) so and then Carmine tells Peter that Victoria is the reason he's not going to prom which is a very 18 year old thing to say like, I'm not going to prom because of you, mom. Because <laughs> if you hadn't gotten all upset about so-and-so, then I would have gone. But now you put me in a bad mood and I can't go. And blah, blah. <laughs> That is such a thing to say. But Victoria, like, that's something where I wouldn't take the bait. I, I mean, it'd be hard for me not to take the bait because I love a fight. Sometimes I start fights. <laughs> Sometimes I start fights before people even know they're in a fight. <laughs> like... My, my neighbor, so for a long time, remember my house is new and they're building around me. So for a long time, there was, I had no back neighbor. I don't have a side neighbor because I'm on a corner and my other side neighbor, I know them pretty well, but I didn't have a back neighbor. But they built the house and they finally sold it. And the people that live in the house have said nothing to me, nothing. But I have decided they are upset about the noise my kids, my kids make and I don't know why I decided that. Maybe because I read, because on the read, they were doing a, a question where someone was like, these kids are home all during quarantine, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I just, listen, my kids are home. I don't want to fuck them home either. I don't want them home either. I don't let them out in the backyard until it's about 9 30, 10 o'clock. Even though we get up in this house at 6 30. I, they're only out three times a day. They go out a little bit in the morning before we go on our walk. They'll play on the trampoline and play in the backyard. Uh, then they go out after lunch usually. And then they got a snack that's a pop. I mean, it's hot as fuck outside, but it's snack. They get a popsicle, their second snack of the day at three o'clock. And they're usually outside for a little bit. And then maybe they're outside again, like before as the sun is setting, but usually we, well, we go to bed at eight. So they're in before dark. Um, and I'm cognizant of the noise and I make sure if like anybody's out there like screaming or doing something like one of the toddlers is, is pissed or something like that, I make them come in. And I'm also cognizant of like, don't throw balls in their yard because somebody has to go get it for you. Don't, 
like just be just do better and <laughs> yet I've talked myself into the fact that these people hate my kids and they think my kids are loud and I have decided that if they ever come around here like I'm wishing I wish the motherfucker would come over here and be like, oh, you know, your kids are a little loud. Because they're in their own fucking backyard. They're out there at appropriate times. They're doing construction all over the place. And they start at 6 o'clock in the fucking morning. So they're not louder than that. And, and we're all in, like, unprecedented times. You know? It's, like, this isn't something normal. Like, normally they wouldn't even be here all day. And the, you wouldn't even see them till 3 or 4 o'clock at the late, at the earliest. And so I've hyped myself up into a fight with someone I've never even spoken to so, so that I've got my mouth ready to cuss them the fuck out because <laughs> I ain't cussed nobody out since the, since the quarantine and I'm ready. I'm fucking ready. I wish you would come over here and knock on my door and tell me those kids are loud. I wish the fuck you would. <laughs> I've been in the shower practicing what the fuck I'm going to say to you. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? Call the fucking cops. Call them. See what they fucking say. Call them and tell them that you want to call the cops on some elementary school kids playing in their backyard popsicles in the middle of the damn day. Like, we don't get to, we don't get to sleep all day around here. I'm busier than fuck <laughs> during this quarantine. I got to work. I got all these damn kids. <laughs> I'm fucking tired. And you can give me a little fucking grace. And let them children be fucking children right now. Shit. <laughs> anyway, I don't know where I'm going there. <laughs> but. Like I said, I'm just petty. And I start fights with people before they even know we're in a fight. So then when they even come to me to try to be nice to me, I'm already fighting with them because I was fighting with them before. <laughs> they didn't even know about it. I was already mad. And they didn't even do anything. And I was mad about the thing they might do one day. <laughs> so, but that said, the, the right thing to do in the situation when he's like, I'm not going to prom because of you, is to ignore him because it's bullshit. And you know it's bullshit and he knows it's bullshit. He's just saying shit. But Victoria gets really upset. She goes and takes his car keys and she, she says that he's been like talking shit and stomping out of the rooms and she's sick of him. And... It's interesting that Carmine sits there to have this fight and he looks like he's reading like the post. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, like Carmine's all gelled up. The gel in his hair is white. He, his, his hair is, he looks like a troll doll. Like he's ready to go. And so he's just sitting there reading the post while his mom yells at him. Mm. Um, at some point, <laughs> John shows up with his puka shells and gold chains. He's got a, a puka shell necklace and then several gold chains around his neck and his swirly eyes. And he's like, what's the worst that can happen at prom, mom? And a two-day after party in the Hamptons, which is exactly what a 16-year-old would say. <laughs> what's the worst? What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> I just want to do a little coke at a club, mom. <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? It's just, Whatever. And like I said, I don't even think she should tell him he can't go. Like, I understand she really wanted him to go to prom. And going to prom and going to a two-day party is a different thing. Like, it feels like he's taking, like, going to the after party is, like, a part of going to prom. And it feels like he's 
doing that without actually doing the proper. I get it, but I just like I'd probably let him go. She's like, he wants to drive to the Hamptons. <laughs> well, he's eighteen, he's been driving. Why wouldn't he drive himself? Well, you wanna drop him off? What do you wanna do here? Um, and whatever you think he's gonna do at the two day party, he's already doing. So I mean he could do that up the street. So or he could do that at your house. You don't even know he's in the fucking he's in the guest house uh, having beer pong parties. What what is it that you don't want him to do? If you're just mad at him, tell him you're mad at him. So at this point, Victoria is like tearing up. She's like, I and I I understand that part too. She's she's been arguing with these kids and like she's just tired of it. Like give me a fucking break, motherfucker. Act like a person and. She's saying that her father, John Gotti, never had to go through anything like this. The kids showed him respect. They never disrespected him. They never... And I, I have two things to say about this. One, this is not the first time these children have disrespected you. They were disrespecting you a long, long time ago. I, when I adopted my two boys, they were five and six. or They might have been six and seven at the time. Because I think they had a birthday in between. I started fostering them in the adoption and they were going to a um, therapist who was actually acting like a parenting consultant to me. He was really good about like just giving me lessons. And, um, he said, I expressed my concerns about parenting teenagers. And he said that teenagers are just big kids and they're a little scarier, but they're still kids. And you parent them the same way you parent Smaller kids, you just do it in an age-appropriate way. And that they're not going to start doing something at 16. They would have already been doing it. And if you get to 16, they're still... I mean, they do start little things, but the overall relationship is already built on. You, it doesn't... It doesn't... You don't just turn 16 and everything fuck and everything, like, fall falls into a river. It's, it's built upon your, the relationship you are already building. So, and that soothes me for a bit because I hate teenagers, <laughs> but, but, um, like they talk to her like this cause they always talk to her like this. That's how they talk. They yell because people yell at their house. That's, that's what they've been taught to talk to people, to scream at people. The other thing is, yeah, um, nobody gave your father lip cause he, was out planning murders and fucking hoes. He was never home. Like, <laughs> he was on these streets. It's, yeah, no one gave him any lip. He was home like once a week. What kind of lip would you give him? <laughs> like, you just be like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. That's. So, anyhow, she's very upset about all this. And she goes to talk to Carmine. And she goes in his room. He's got the door locked, which is a trigger for me. We don't lock doors in our house. Even when it was just me and my husband, like for someone to get mad and like go in a room and lock a door and keep you from going in, there was a big fucking deal, like a big deal. Like it would be okay for the other person to kick down the door. <laughs> now that that happened, but I'm just saying like, we don't lock doors. We don't keep you from going in places um, like that. And so the fact that his door is locked would have made me take the fucking uh, doorknob off of it. Uh, you don't pay mortgage in here. Why the fuck are you locking me out of places? Um, I'll knock cause you're entitled to privacy, but you're not going to like 
keep me from going in a place that I paid a mortgage on. Get the fuck out of here. Um, but so he's screaming at, she's like, let me in. He's screaming, what, what? And she goes in and he's like, what do you want? And at this point I was like, is he going to hit her? Because he's still mad. And she's like telling him he can go to prom. He can go to go ahead and go. And it's one of those things where she's like so upset that she just wants it to be over with. So she's telling him to go to go. She's trying to argue. And he goes, no. And she's like, oh, that's how you feel about it? Okay, good. I know that I asked you. Like, like at least I know I asked you about it. Then she goes down and she's like, nah, I feel fine about it. He doesn't want to go? Fuck him. Like, she didn't say fuck him, but that's the what she get. So the next scene is Mother's Day. And I guess they're trying to imply that Mother's Day was a day after this. I don't know if that's true. Um, these A&E, these, these early aughts TV shows, they, they play fast and loose with the, with, the, um, with the timelines. Today, we would have got a two days later, <laughs> like screen cap. Um, but the next scene is Mother's Day and the kids order out. Frankie ordered out, quite frankly. And he's sneaking them the food into the house. And so when Victoria walks downstairs in her filthy white robe, they have food all there and they sell. Say, there are a bunch of dudes there. It looks like guys that like, like just spent the night or whatever. Um, they like teenage boys or cousins or whatever. And they all say Happy Mother's Day like they're about to be arrested. <laughs> it's like, Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and then for some reason, everybody starts crying. <laughs> Victoria's crying, John's crying, Frankie's crying. I didn't get it. <laughs> what happens? And then they start talking about gifts and what they got mommy. And John accuses Carmine of not getting mommy anything for a couple of years. Two things that struck me about this, the use of mommy. Super common where they're from. Um, like I said, my husband is from the Bronx. But his family has moved out until, most of them have moved out to um, Long Island and he and his seven, his six sister and one brother call his mother mommy. To this day, he's 42 years old and he will just go, I, to his credit, he tries not to say it. <laughs> he, he doesn't refer to his mother as anything most of the time. But if he has to, he's like, if he's speaking to me, he'll be like, so my mother, <laughs> it's never his mom, it's never his mama, my mother. And then if he's talking to her directly, her name is mommy. And the sister will call and be like, mommy said so-and-so. Mommy said, they're all grown. That's really weird to me. But again, I call my mom mama. So, and that's always been her name. And I was actually thinking about the fact that my kids are probably going to call me mom. Because they're not around. I mean, I was thinking a lot about things my kids aren't going to experience. Like, my oldest son asked me, he's nine, he asked me what a hurricane was. He's never, like, I grew up, my dad was in the Navy so I lived in all these port cities and I, hurricane season was a big deal for me and the storms and I've been to the hurricane shelters and I've been with no lights for several days and worried about your house. And my mom used to have a hurricane shelter. Um, like she'd pack a go bag in the trunk with like extra clothes and like food because like if the, if it was going to hit really bad, you sometimes have to out drive it. You'd have to like drive further North or West or whatever to get away from it. Um, and my, my son will never know that. My son will never walk. You know how many times I've walked down the street during the eye of a hurricane when it's all eerily quiet, knowing that the wind and, and rain's going to pick back up and you're like halfway through it, which is not true. But that's how it always felt. I was like, oh, we're halfway through. 
or in the eye now. My son's never going to have that. And because he's, he's born and raised in Central Texas. He's from Waco. <laughs> so, so he doesn't know anything about that. Um, and things like he, if he grew up around my family, my family lives on the East Coast. If he grew up around my family, he would call me mama because that's what I call my mother. Um, it's a very Southern thing. And I remember being really young and my mom was like, don't ever call me mother. And I was like, why? And she's like, cause I, I like, she basically, she was telling me she associates it with like, my, my mom's like, an, she's like a happy days. Uh, I almost said Andy Dick. <laughs> Andy Dick, what is it? The Andy Griffith show. She she grew up watching shit like that, like watching like teenage white white teenage girls like being like, Mother, why would you do this to me? And she like it really bothers her. She doesn't like the word, she doesn't like to be addressed as mother. And I always grew up calling her mama, and my kids will never call they'll probably they'll probably call me mom. Oh, oh my god, what do they call me mommy in their 30s? I don't know. Probably have to stop it. Probably have to ask them to leave. Um, so that, the use of mommy, very Long Island, very that area. Um, I'm not saying everyone does it, but it's, it's very that area. Uh, and, um, the room they're sitting in that there's a for it's like a formal dining room. It is so over-decorated. It is so, so many fucking patterns and roses and curio cabinets and overstuffed chairs also fairy that a that area the columns in the in the living room (sighs) makes my skin crawl um so victoria's doing a voiceover about how much she loves the kids and how there's no fighting and how nice that is and suddenly a fight breaks out because carmine and frankie are fighting and they have running through the house and frankie car what's going on is frankie is chasing carmine and Carmine's running through the house to his room up the stairs and Frankie doesn't quite make it before he closes the door. So instead he jumps in the air and drop kicks the door. And it looks like he almost kicked the door off the hinges. Like there's gotta be a dent in that bitch. (laughs) And the whole time they're running and fighting and, and and Frankie's acting like fucking street fighter. (laughs) Finish him. (laughs) Victoria is saying in the most apathetic way, okay, that's enough. Stop it. You're in trouble now, Frankie. (laughs) And the whole show closes up with um, Victoria. Frankie's out front in his ATV. It's almost dark. And Victoria's like, give your mother a ride in this thing. And they get into it. And he drives off at 60 miles an hour like a crazy guy in in an ATV that should have been taken away days ago. (laughs) the end um so guys that was the second episode of growing up Gotti. i'm going to try to have a guest next week i don't know who the guest is going to be i'm just i need to find a guest um if not it'll just be me again and either next week or the week after on the patreon we're going to start some john and kate plus eight bonus content and i hope that you like it uh that's it you guys have a good evening i'll see you soon bye